Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley. Colin McDonald with you. 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Streaming at lakeswoodsandirons.com and find us on Facebook at Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Brought to you in part by Holiday Stores of Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. And also Emily Green's, home to the largest green in the universe. It's all about fun on the golf course at Emily Green's. My good friend Chris Foley uh, with us. Chris, uh, how are you, man? I'm doing well, Mac. How about you? Good. Another week in the books. Uh, just uh, quickly, I know uh, tomorrow was going to be well with the Sarah Saturday morning, and uh, the uh, the uh, Palooza had to get canceled due to the cold weather and uh, um, for the kids. So, just just quickly on that, I know you wanted to get the word out. Yeah, unfortunately, with uh, with the, the forecast and a lot of setup work involved, and a lot of people trying to that we try to get here. Uh, we unfortunately had to cancel our golf at Palooza for this year. Um, but it's, it's uh, the the spring is off to a tough start, both for for the golf courses and high school golf and right. anybody involved in the game. But uh, you know, hopefully we're uh, uh, on the on the downside here, and there you know, I, there's certainly a lot of pent up demand. I can tell you that. Yeah, there is. It's uh, <laughs> got so hot the last couple of years, and now people are chomping at the bit and. Uh, uh, tough on those courses to, you know, to, you can't get those two to three weeks back when you get a nice early spring. But well, you know, I, I I always tell people it's uh, both you know golf course wise and and my business wise it's kind of like if you if you owned a grocery store and you bought a semi load full of uh, full of eggs and uh, and you know on the way into the store you, you broke about half those eggs. That, uh, that 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 inventory is just gone. <laughs> right. So there's <laughs> there there's no there's no making up for it. Um, <laughs> you just have to you have to move on and deal with it. And you you know you're going to have some uh, when you when you look at our our days when I when I was a director of golf I I I always budgeted our golf season was going to be 187 days. Yeah. And uh, you know you 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 could just count on. Uh, you never had 178 or 187 great days, but you would have, you know, hopefully you would only have 20 to 30 of those days that weren't playable or that that were washed out or that that weren't conducive to golf. And right. Hopefully we're just getting we're just getting those at the at the start of the season rather than throughout. Yeah, if it means we go uh, to November first, that'd be fun too. So. <laughs> stretch the season out on the other end if we need to that's happened a couple of times when we could play well into yeah. october hopefully that'll happen no, again right. you were ta- right. talking about uh, golf courses the ladies tour chris uh, they were this weekend uh welsher in los angeles one of your favorite golf courses talk about that place a little bit and the sun was shining there and it was much warmer <laughs> no it was, it was beautiful and I, I i haven't actually played there but it's definitely on my uh my bucket list to play and you know, it's amazing. Downtown Los Angeles has, you know, five top 100 golf courses in the world, and they're they're all classic design golf courses. Um, the the designer of of most of them, um, I'm drawing a blank on his on his name right now. But you know, if you take uh, L A C C L A Country Club, that's going to host the the U S Open next year. Riviera, which has the LA Open every year and has held some major championships. 
Bel Air Country Club, which is a, a great, great golf course. It tends to be where a lot of the, the movie stars play. Uh, Wilshire Country Club. They're all within a couple miles of each other. And they're all just these fantastic, classically designed golf courses right in the heart of uh, downtown Los Angeles, right you know, off of uh, Aldeo Drive and Beverly Hills. And uh, it's such a great setting, but the golf courses are just fantastic. And, and Wilshire Country Club, just the bunkering and the whole the whole setting with you. you've got the mountains and the skyscrapers in the background and it's a, it's a great golf course and I, I love watching that golf tournament for no more than I mean it's it's fun to see the ladies play there but it's it's just fun to see that that style of golf yeah yeah it's, a, it's kind of a well-kept secret that por- I mean I think they must want it that way because you'd think you'd see a big marketing campaign for these uh, five or six fantastic golf courses but I suppose they're uh, they don't have any trouble filling the tea times, I wouldn't think. <laughs> no, you know they're 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 all private clubs, and that's that's part of it. Yeah, um, and none of them really, you know, they're all pretty exclusive places. They don't don't allow much outside play, so you don't you don't hear a lot of them outside of when, you know, there there is a a tour event or a, you know some type of of major event that takes place there. But uh, you know, for for golf course. Uh, aficionados or golf course architecture uh aficionados geeks it's uh it's an incredible uh couple couple mile stretch there it's okay to be a geek that doesn't uh, bother me chris <laughs> i don't uh <laughs> i claim my geekness man <laughs> i know you do <laughs> i love your your chris foley golf posts and uh, uh the books in the background you know so many people have a lot of books for show Probably myself included. I've got all these books, but you've read all your books. That's what's kind of <laughs> kind of the cool part about it. All these golf books well, you've got behind you. A, a good portion of them, for sure. And it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's definitely it's definitely a passion. I'll tell you that. And uh, speaking of that, we've got a terrific guest today. Uh, really fortunate to get him, I think, and uh, a, a great gentleman of the game and uh, an author, and should be a lot of fun, Chris. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. We're going to have Charlie Meacham on the show, who we'll find out more about in a little bit. But uh, former commissioner of the LPGA Tour and has had just a, a great life in golf and a very close friend of Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, and uh, has a book coming out in the next couple of weeks about uh, about Jack and Arnie. Yeah, and we were just saying off air, uh, you, you might not be able to tell when he's on, but uh, Charlie is 91 years old. Yeah, he's he is an amazing guy, and uh, you you would never know he was 91 years old. He's still extremely active and and working, and and uh, still a great uh, you know he's a force in the game of golf and the on the business side and the uh, the world of professional golf. We'll be back with that interview with Charlie Meacham. You are listening to Lakes Woods and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons with Chris Foley, Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also find us on uh, at lakeswoodsandirons.com and uh, Podcast One as well, brought to you in part by Ernie's on Gull, the On Point Burger, great addition to Ernie's locally owned and globally loved. Also, uh, Holiday Stores in Cross Lake and Mill Avenue. Chris, very, very special guest. This is going to be fun. Yeah, really looking forward to our talk today. We've got uh, Charlie Meacham on. Charlie is uh, has been involved in the world of golf a long time, and 
He is a, a lawyer by trade, but really uh, kind of got into the world of golf as the commissioner of the LPGA Tour and from 1990 to 1995, and really, uh, more so than anybody else, elevated the LPGA Tour to uh, what it is today. And uh, Charlie is a longtime friend of Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer, and has just come out with a book, uh, Jack and Arnie, Stories of My Long Friendship with Two Remarkable Men. Charlie, welcome to the show. It's my pleasure. Nice to talk with you guys. And uh, I'm sitting about uh, oh, a, a short sand wedge from where Arnie's house used to be next to mine here at uh, the Tradition Club in uh, La Quinta. So uh, even though he's he's gone, uh, he's he's very much in my mind. Uh, I can't blame you there. I, as we talked off air, at, uh, the Tradition is one of my I spend a lot of time in the winter and in the desert, and it's uh, it's yeah. one of my favorite spots in the desert by far, and one of my favorite spots anywhere. So I'm I'm Arnie. Uh, Arnie always sure. said he thought it was one of the best he'd done, and he he didn't say some architects say that every course is the best they've ever done, <laughs> uh, but I think uh, that along with Otrali and a couple of others, he it was really uh, he was very proud of it. You know, I should be, and as well as Charlie, I just played there recently and loved it. But uh, Charlie, tell us tell us about how you uh, uh, how you became close with both Jack and Arnie. Uh, it's quite different. Uh, my the company that I ran in Cincinnati for about twenty plus years, Taft Broadcasting Company. We were a pretty pretty sizable entertainment conglomerate. And uh, we had some land north of Cincinnati that we had no use for. And one of my guys came to me one day and said, Charlie, we ought to build a golf course there. And I said, well, fine, how do we do that? And they said, well, uh, first thing is to get a world-class architect. And in this case, uh, it's got to be Nicholas, who's an Ohio guy. And so all the uh, stars aligned, and Jack uh, built a public golf course but a really good one. In fact, we hosted the PGA Tour for five years and the LPGA for 10 years. So Jack and I became very close. And over the years, we did a lot of things together. Probably most notably, we did uh, we uh, filmed and distributed uh, the Golf My Way video, which I still think is the best instructional video that's out there. And uh, over the years, that just kind of way it happened. And now it's been, it's been 52 years. Since he and I met, but our relationship is is close and will, always will be. Arnie, I didn't really get to know until I was with the LPGA commissioner, and uh, Arnie would come out and play in the, what we used to call the mixed team events, where men and women playing together. And uh, so I, I got to know him, and and, and then uh, I I got to meet him with Jack at a tournament just down the road from here at PGA West. And uh, went over to say hello to the guys, and Arnie said, uh, "Hey, I've been meaning to call you. Uh, let's will you have a beer with me after, his, after my round?" And I said, "Of course I will." <laughs> so uh, we met for a beer at the PGA West uh, Clubhouse, and typical Arnie orders us each a beer, and then he says, "I want you to come in and help me run my companies." And I almost fell off the chair, uh, but I said, "Well, <laughs> I'm overwhelmed." Unfortunately, I can't spend 100% of my time because I'd, I'd already made several commitments in Cincinnati knowing I was going to be retiring 
from the LPGA. And he said, well, let's think about it and figure something out. So a couple of months later, he called me and said, uh, uh, come up to Bay Hill, bring your wife, like to have dinner. I've got an idea. So we did that. And uh, the next morning, he said, uh, how about you just become my, my consultant and my advisor, and that way you can have other time to spend on the other things you've got to do. And I said, that sounds perfect for me. And he said, only two conditions. One, I want you and your wife to move here to Bay Hill. And two, I want you to share my office with me. And I did that for uh, <laughs> 10 years, guys. <laughs> and, no kidding. High uh, point of my life. <laughs> move I, here and I, be uh, my neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, what, what, what an opportunity. You know, um, Jack and Arnie, they, they, especially early in their career, they were, they were such fierce competitors. Yeah. Uh, how, how, did, how did they become close? Well, I, I think I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story that uh, is in, actually in my book. Uh, one night, my wife and I and, and Arnie and, and Kit, his wife, uh, were having dinner at Palmer's Restaurant here in La Quinta. And, uh, of course, we had a couple of kettle ones and talk was free and um, began talking about growing older. And, and then we started talking about maturity. And I said, Arnold, uh, my feeling is that you really haven't matured until you meet somebody that does better what you do best. And, he, and then I thought, why did I say that? But before I could even apologize for bringing it up, he said, yeah, that was Jack. So <laughs> it was built on, I think, respect for the, the, uh, the game uh, love of the game, and uh, even though they were different in many ways, they were very similar in a lot of ways. In terms of, they both grew up in small towns in uh, in Ohio. Uh, both cared deeply and and respected deeply the the game of golf. And so uh, I think that that although they were fierce competitors, I don't think it was very long until they became friends as well. Uh, you know, and you know, kind of along that lines, it, it, at least from an outsider, it always seemed like like Arnie played golf because he loved the game and he loved all aspects of the of the game. And Jack played the game because he he was good at it and it was his job, and he was imp- incredibly competitive. Uh, can, can I have said that very thing the, more than once that Arnie played it out of the sheer love of the game. I think Jack played principally for the competitive charge that it gave him he wanted to win tournaments and uh, so, and then also in the very early days as you guys may know i'm sure you have some friends who know that those early days when jack was challenging arnie there were some ugly times the gallery of course was 90 percent arnie's army and they did some oh you know fat jack and yeah. miss the shot jack stuff like that but the credit went to uh, Arnie for never ever encouraging that or being in any way a part of it, and in Jack's case, his level of concentration—I'm I'm not even sure he ever heard it. <laughs> uh, but uh, I think they both really respected the way the other guy had handled that very awkward time, and that probably, if you really go into it, may have been the base of the friendship. 
that's neat. You know, how about I? They were both incredibly successful businessmen, golfers, as well as hus- as as well as husbands and fathers. Yeah. And you know, kind of as a as a business owner myself, an entrepreneur, that that the the part about the business and husbands and fathers is is what's incredibly impressive to me. And how how did they both? They probably did it uniquely, but how did they both compartmentalize all those different things and manage to be so successful at each area? I honestly think that that one of their greatest strengths was the ability to compartmentalize. Um, Jack probably did that easier than Arnie because Jack had that in fire, ferocious concentration. And uh, he could walk right by you, look you right in the eye, and not even see you. Uh, in Arnie's case, I think uh, he, he just he loved people, and people loved him. So I think that uh, they were each, in a different way, they could, they could put their golf game uh, to one side and really love being a wife, a husband, and a father. I always thought maybe that part of the thing that Jack loved about Arnie was he was, uh, he was such a swashbuckling guy, you know, and took the, right. the nation by storm, and, and right. uh, Jack was... Uh, so centralized to his own personality, I guess he probably he probably wished he got more like that, but he probably wished he could have been more like that when he was a young a young golfer. Probably we never talked about that, but I know that they each I don't want to say envied one another because that would be too strong, but they both really had great respect for each other for one another and understood people are different and. Uh, Arnold needed, I said to him one night, we were having a beer uh, in the Bay Hill Club uh, lounge, and I said, he said, you know, Charlie, I, I can't really be alone. i gotta have, I got to have people with me. And I said, well, Arnie, that makes all kind of sense because people are your oxygen, and you are their oxygen. And he said, I never thought about it that way, but that's exactly right. Jack, uh, obviously, particularly as the years went by, loved the, the crowds and the friendship. But he could he got by without it for a long time. Charlie, let, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about the book. And as I was looking at it, uh, there's some great titles of chapters, and wonder if you'd you'd tell us about some of those. Uh, the, the the first one was uh, that I is Jack's stunning advice to me. When um, I would go down to see uh, when I was with Arnie sharing his office, I would go down to see Jack every year. Oh, four or five weeks, and we'd always visit, keep the friendship strong and alive. And so uh, before that, when I was asked to become the commissioner, um, I was excited and ready to accept. And I thought, you know, I I need to talk to somebody um, about about that uh, to be sure that I know what I'm doing, somebody that really knows the golf business. So I went to see Jack, and I said, Jack, I've been uh, given the opportunity to become the LPGA commissioner. Um, You know, what should I do? He said, you better take it, because I recommended you. (laughs) (laughs) And that was stunning advice, but that's exactly what happened. He knew 
he knew uh, the head of the LPGA Players Association was a gal named Judy Dickinson. She was Gardner Dickinson's wife, and they knew one another from South Florida. And uh, she was the one that brought my name to, to Jack, and that's when he recommended me. But I didn't know that till later. And what, what, what was your involvement in the ladies' game prior to that, Charlie? The course that Jack built in Cincinnati for my company hosted the LPGA Championship for 10 years, and that, of course, was a major championship. So I got to know, not intimately really, because uh, you don't spend that much time with the gals, but I got to know a lot of the players fairly well. So I was not a, uh, I, I was not a, a, a stranger to the LPGA Tour, and many of them knew me. You know, along that lines, one one of the chapters is Jack and Arnie and women's golf. I, I'm a big proponent yeah. of the women's game, and I, I've got a daughter who plays and and uh, love what's what's happening in the women's golf today. They uh, they both were very helpful to me um, in uh, when I was commissioner, and uh, they both respected the women's game and, and knew a lot about it. Um, of course, uh, Arnie and uh, Nancy Lopez, I've always said Nancy was the Arnold Palmer of women's golf. They were very close. And Jack uh, knew a lot of, 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 of uh, lady players from over the years. So they, they helped me out a lot. They got several tournaments for the LPGA uh, and uh, they both cared a lot about the women's game. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. We're back after this. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons. Colin McDonald with you, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also available at lakeswoodsandirons.com and Podcast One. Thanks in part to our sponsors, SCR Northern, with the guys and gals with the phones on 24-7, and also Maury's Seafood Markets in uh, Baxter and Motley, Minnesota's finest walleye, smoked fish, herring, and seafood. As Paul always says, eat more fish. You're listening to our interview with uh, Charlie Meacham, who was longtime good friends with both Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicholas, and is the author of Arnie and Jack. Terrific interview. Uh, back to that interview now with Charlie Meacham. You know, off air we talked a little bit about uh, Seth Rayner. You and I both being yeah. big fans of of Seth, and you know, one one of the uh, one of the chapters is called Jack and the Camargo Club, which is in Cincinnati in a, a right. Seth Rainer golf course. Tell us about that. Jack had qualified for the U.S. Open and, and the USAM, things like that, at Camargo. So he had a sweet spot in his heart for Camargo. And he did, he did over the years, he did several outings for me where he would come to Camargo and play with some of my friends. And but the funniest story is that one day uh, he played with uh, uh, in an outing with probably uh, oh twenty five or thirty of my pals that were part of a businessman's club in Cincinnati called the Commercial Club. And after the round, he did a clinic on the patio uh, in front of the uh, in front of the clubhouse. And so he was demonstrating shots, and then he got down to uh, the sandwich. And he said, now, guys, people claim they can't get a sandwich off the ground or, or get the tra trajectory. 
He said, just take a look at the at the, at this club. Look at the flange. The flange will go right under the ball. There's no excuse if you if you do it right for you not to be able to hit a nice high soft wedge, sand wedge. So one guy in the group watching had had a few too many drinks, and he said, uh, "Well, yeah, but you can't do that off hard pan." Well, about that time, <laughs> a waiter walked by with one of those classic steel trays that they bring drinks in and so on. And Jack said, hey, give me that tray. So he put the tray down on the ground, and he asked for a ball, and for six straight balls, he hit beautiful lofted wedges right up in the air off the steel serving tray. (laughs) (laughs) And so then he turned to this guy and he said, is that hard pan enough? (laughs) <laughs> so, and of course, that guy never, ever lived that down. His buddies <laughs> no. just got to the end of his days. <laughs> Probably was nicknamed Hardpan for the next 20 years of his life. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, of course, who could believe that even he could do it? But he did and proved his point. Charlie, t- tell us about some of your favorite chapters in the book and your favorite stories about uh, Jack and Arnie, and or if they're not in the book. Well, there's there's a couple. I should say, by the way, that probably other than two or three stories, these are all stories that have not been published before because they're things that I was part of and nobody else was. And I'll give you uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. Um, Years ago, when a guy was leading at Augusta, and but he laid up on both numbers 13 and 15. Well, he didn't win the Masters because, you know, you got a birdie or eagle those holes. So uh, the next day, I'm having lunch with Arnie and his old pal, Doc Giffen, and I said, Arnie, did, did you ever, did you watch? Of course he watched. I said, did you ever lay up on 13 and 15? And he looked at me and he said, Charlie, do you know how many times I came in second at Augusta? And I said, well, no, I don't, Arnie. And he said, neither do I. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. I mean, no second place. No second place for Arnie. Um, another story that, that the people that I've shared the book with really love, as I've said, uh, I went back and forth to uh, – to Bay, from Bay Hill down to Jack's place uh, at uh, Lost Tree several times. And, uh, okay, um, I went down to see Jack, and I told Arnie I was going. And Arnie said, uh, well, give Jack my best. So I did. And Jack said, how's, how's Arnie doing? I said, Jack, he's doing just fine. And he said, Charlie, does he still play golf every day? And I said, yeah, either the, the Bay Hill shootout or the a tournament or, or on the range or whatever. He just sort of shook his head. So the next day I go back to Bay Hill. I said, Arnie, uh, Jack sends his regards. Oh, good. How's he doing? I said, He's doing fine. And he said, uh, is he playing much golf? And I said, Arnie, he really isn't playing a lot. And Arnie looked me straight in the eye and said, then, Charlie, what the hell does he do all day long? (laughs) (laughs) And people love that story because it sort of says a lot about those two guys. (laughs) Kind of goes 
privilege of seeing yeah, him. Uh, Deacon's Lodge up here in Brainerd is a was a Palmer Design course in oh, the Brainerd yeah, Lakes yeah. area, and uh, yeah, he he uh, kind of opened the course and played nine holes with uh, Jesse Ventura, who was governor at the time. Yeah, got to walk with him, and it was very entertaining to listen to their go back and forth. I'm sure you're uh, very familiar with the great Palmer banter, but uh, that was a real yeah. treat for me. And on the range, you had mentioned he he was uh, he was uh, plenty years up there at that time, but he was hitting five yeah. irons, and it was just one after another after another, as beautiful a five iron as you could ever see in your life. So oh, he he, uh, he he could hit the ball. Uh, with the craziest swing, probably you guys would agree. Anybody <laughs> ever saw? Uh, but it may, he made it work. In fact, this is another story. I don't think this is in the book, but uh, I said to him one time, uh, Arnie, with you won four Masters. How the hell did you win four Masters with the trajectory of the ball that you hit? It's about three feet off the ground. <laughs> and uh, he said, uh, Charlie, I knew that I had to be able to to get the ball in the air, uh, and he said, so I just worked hard to get my game ready for Augusta. And I thought, that, you know, that really says it all. If you're a real pro, a really top pro, you you do what you need to do to fit the golf course you're playing. And uh, he did that. Jack, of course, Augusta was perfect for him because he could fade a high two-iron. <laughs> yeah. That's right. That's a, sm- that's a small group. <laughs> yeah, indeed, Charlie. I, I know that you're uh, you, you're very close to some of the LPGA players, including Dottie Pepper and, and Julie Engster. And right. uh, do, do, do you have some some stories you could share share with us about those two? Well, Julie. Uh, as a matter of fact, I just did a book signing at the Tradition Club here the other night, and Julie actually we set it up. She actually interviewed me, and uh, uh, about the book, and she did a brilliant job, and uh, to the point where she said to the audience, "I called Jack and I called Sam Saunders, Arnie's grandson, and asked them what they would like to say to this audience where I'm interviewing." And I thought, "My God, how many people would do something like that?" And she did, and just went over like gangbusters. And, uh, excuse me, Dottie, I always remember Dottie, the first so-called three-tour challenge where the men played against the women. Um, Dottie always loved to tell the story that uh, she was lining up a putt on the 18th green, which if she made it, the women would win. And she said Jack walked around behind her, and as he's passing by, very soft voice said, knock it in. And she never forgot that. Because he he knew it and he meant it, so those are I think a little insight into those those two gals and of course I uh, also Annika Sorensen is a close friend of mine and she and Arnie went back and forth a little bit on the uh, playing Colonial but we got that all straightened out so uh, <laughs> they uh, they were all they were all good pals. Charlie, th- this has been absolutely terrific. I you know thank you. You're you're nine. You're you're 91 years old, and uh, you're still very very relevant in the game, and uh, still very active. And what 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 do you attribute to your longevity and uh, being able to do the things you do at at, uh, at 91? I'll tell you what my 
my uh, cardiologist told me this was 25 years ago. <laughs> he invited me to a uh, golf outing at the Kenwood Country Club in Cincinnati. And uh, after dinner, we all sat down, and it turned out there were, I think, six people at the table, and they were all doctors but me. And I noticed as the meal went on, it was a typical uh, strip sirloin with french fries and uh, apple pie a la mode and so on. I, I turned to my doctor friend and I said, Charlie, uh, his name was Charlie also, I said, I, I, look at this. These guys are all doctors. They're eating everything you're not supposed to eat. What's going on? <laughs> and he looked at me dead serious. And he said, Charlie, it's all about the genes. <laughs> and I think that's my, my dad lived to be 96, my sister to 99, and uh, so I'm, I think I've just got good genes. But I do, uh, in, in fairness to myself, I, I try to stay young. I, lo I love young people. I write books because that keeps my mind active, which I think is every bit as important, if not more so than your body. So uh, I, I genuinely love people. Love to write about them, talk about them, and especially like to stay in touch with younger people. Charlie, I'm from the broadcast side of things, and uh, I'm interested in, I'm just finding out about your uh, 15 Minutes with Charlie podcast. Can you talk about that for just a second? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, with this book uh, occupying most of my time for the, uh, the last year or so, I haven't done as many, but I've got probably 15 or so podcasts. Most recently did a, a great one with Sir Nick Faldo. Um, and, uh, oh, I did one with, I've done one with David Faraday and a lot of a lot of fun people. And so it's called 15 Minutes with Charlie. But in, in honesty, I don't think we ever had one that, that, that went 15 minutes. They all went about 30 minutes. <laughs> uh, but they're, uh, they're, I think if you, if you think if you go on my website, just charliemeacham.com, they're all listed there. And, uh, they weren't all golfers. I did a, there's a, I have a great podcast with the then CEO of, uh, of Starbucks. And so just a lot of them. I had a great fun. And I'll probably, I'll probably do some more. Well, I, I've listened to a number of them now, Charlie, and they're, and they're terrific. Good. I hope you, I hope you continue to do them. T tell, tell everybody where they, where they can get, uh, uh, Arnie and Jack. And, uh, I believe it's, it's just coming out here shortly. Correct. It is out now, um, and you now. can get it either on Amazon or when we get started on this whole project, I called my friend Mike Wan at the LPGA, who's been the commissioner after I was, and um, I said, Mike, can you guys help us with this book? Well, he put me in touch with a lady that heads a, a, their publications unit, and I had always thought that their publications were just rule books and things like that. Turns out they decided to use my, uh, to, to uh, carry my book, and they've sold a lot of copies. And I think you just go on the USGA website and uh, there's a publications store, and so you can get it there also. Yeah, either way. Well, Charlie, Charlie, we we really appreciate you coming on and sharing all your great stories, and uh, uh, I, I look forward and hope to see you next winter out in the desert. I hope you will find me looking here, and I'll love to, to see you. And I should qualify everything by saying I've never been a very good golfer, but that's my fault because I never took it seriously until I was in my 30s. 
I guess. And uh, Arnie used to kid me about about that, and I'd come right back at him because we had a, such a relationship. We could just kid one another, and he would say, oh, your golf game stinks. And I'd say, Arnold, the, the good thing is, as I get older, uh, my game doesn't get any worse. It was always bad. I said, if you, on the other hand, it must be awful for you to have had such a great game, and now it's going to pop. <laughs> and he, he loves it. We got laughs out of that, too. So uh, anyway, guys, I've enjoyed this very much. Thank you. Thank you very much. That's Charlie Meacham. He's the author of uh, Arnie and Jack. You've got to get a copy of it, and uh, it's a very, very good read. And uh, find it on Amazon, also the USGA website. And uh, thanks again, Charlie. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. You're Bye-bye. You're listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ. Welcome back to Lakes, Woods, and Irons, 1380 KLIZ, the fan. Also uh, streaming at and Find us on Podcast One, Colin McDonald, along with our uh, host with the most, Chris Foley. Chris, what a terrific interview with Charlie Meacham. That was a real pleasure. And we were just saying uh, before we started this segment that Charlie's 91 years old. You can hardly believe it. Yeah, he he is an amazing guy. I mean, he he's been an amazing guy his whole life. But I mean, to you know, at ninety one to have that uh, the energy that he does and the the vitality and it's it just just so much fun to listen to. And uh, gosh, I, I could ask him questions for three or four hours, and I'm sure he would have just kept talking to us. So yeah, just a terrific uh, interview. Was lot, that was a lot of fun. Really, really good. We can uh, that helps give us a little golf fever, and we're finally maybe going to be able to get out and play. You can maybe teach outside, Chris. It might be like fifty degrees next week. Who knows? You know, I've been, I've been <laughs> teaching outside uh, sparingly, unfortunately, but uh, uh, you know, I've got uh, this tent that I teach out of, and as long as it's not too windy, I can put a little heater in there and. Uh, uh, we've been able to get it get in a lot of lessons, but uh, the boy, tent been, is a uh, that's a cool been, product, Chris. Talk about that a little bit. It, it, it is. It's called the golf tent, and it's a it's a product out of the the UK, and uh, it's great because I keep. I originally bought it for for you know to get out of the rain in the summer, but I found that uh, you know it also keeps you in the in the summer. I'll set it up, and you get a little bit of shade where you can stand underneath, which is nice when you're out outside all day like I am and a little skin protection but uh this time of year it's, it's got sides on it and uh um you know it blocks the wind blocks the rain and and allows us to still get in uh, a good portion of our lessons to see if people are willing to to dress for the conditions and like i said we've got a little radiant heater that we'll put in there as well that uh t- just takes that job so it's uh, it's been a it's been a nice uh, addition to the toolbox uh and lots of uh, courses opening up really this weekend, Chris, and now uh, should be f- uh, full speed ahead. Yeah, Craigens uh, here is, is uh, the legacy courses have opened. Uh, they opened on Wednesday, and I know Madden's West Golf Course opened uh, last weekend, and uh, Eagles Landing south of Brainerd is now open, and Crosswoods is open. Crosswoods always is one of the first to open. Uh, Pines Preserve opened this weekend, and uh, I believe the uh, Men's Pine Beach East and the Classic will open next weekend. So we are uh, finally have some uh, kind of spring weather, and hopefully we're on the downside and 
everybody's going to get out and play a little little golf here. I was kidding. A good pal of mine, uh, Todd Bergeth, he d- basically does what I do and down in Wilmer, and he's quite a good stick, comes up here a couple times a year. and He was here for the Brainerd-Wilmer uh, baseball doubleheader yesterday. It was about 35 degrees, you know, uh, perfect baseball weather. So I was kidding him <laughs> after. Uh, Marty came in from Grandview, and he was standing there. He loves baseball, too. And I said, uh, you know, You'll be done by six. Marty can squeeze you in for nine up at Grandview, a 35-degree tee. <laughs> Todd, Todd didn't like that idea. <laughs> yeah, hard to, uh, you know, hard hard to get yourself fired up to play when it's uh, cloudy, 35, and windy. Yeah, yeah. Probably in our younger days we both did that, Chris, but uh, no need to do that anymore. No, you know, I, I think I, below I, 40, yeah, I'm I, I'm out. <laughs> I, I played enough 36 whole days in college golf in that those type of conditions to uh, to kind of cure me of that. But uh, you know, when I when I go overseas occasionally, we'll ha- we'll have a few days like that, but not not too many. Yeah, you've had some cooler trips to uh, Scotland and Ireland, but uh, probably plans for that uh, maybe this year, huh? Yeah, well, I've got. Uh, gosh, I'm going to get to spend three weeks over there this year, Mac. I'm I'm taking a group over to the Open Championship in July, which is the 150th anniversary of the Open at Saint. It's at Saint Andrews, and it's going to be uh, just an epic experience, I think. And then I've got uh, a couple weeks back there in October. So nice. Looking forward to that. It's got to be great to go to the old course and. Actually, have contacts and friends that you run into every time you go. That's really special thing about golf. Yeah, you know, I, I've I've been enough times now, and uh, you know, gosh, the last ten years, I've I've gone over for a minimum of a week, uh, and as much as three weeks every year, and I uh, I just love it. I I I feel like it's kind of a second home to me, even though I yeah I, I only spent it, but I, I I've gotten to know so many people in town and. Uh, uh, you know the people that work in the restaurants and at the clubs, and that uh, it, it it's just a, such a magical place anyway. And then uh, to be able to walk around town and see a, see people that you know in a friendly face really uh, is a bonus. So it's uh, it's a special place. Yeah, very very much so, and a special profession. I think that's a, that's awfully nice. We do want to thank uh, Charlie Meacham again, our guest today, author of Arnie and Jack, and. Uh, to be close friends with Arnie and Jack is a very small club, and actually, Jack wrote the foreword to the book, which is pretty cool, Chris. Yeah, it's very cool. It's uh, uh, you know, any any time you get to be in the presence of greatness, it, it's a, a pretty special deal. And to be, you know, get to spend as much time with with two of the greatest golfers of all time has to, boy, what a what a life well lived. This week's show brought to you in part by SCR Northern, the guys that answer the phone 24-7, and by Cragen's Legacy Courses, home of the new Tom Lehman course under construction now, and uh, the CRMC Classic, which is coming in August. That is uh, something every golf fan, I think, in the uh, Midwest is looking forward to, Chris. I, uh, yes, and that, that is for sure. I can't wait. It's, uh, we're off to a We're, we're going to have a great summer here at the Legacy. Great show. Thanks so much, Chris. Thank you, Mac. You've been listening to Lakes, Woods, and Irons on 1380 KLIZ.